ever seen a SPECT brain scan? I recently had my child's brain scanned. She insisted I do a podcast on her brain. At first, I wasn't sure that it'd be relevant. But as I put the pieces together about what makes her brain act differently than mine, a lot of things make sense to me about how to be a better manager and a mentor. Hi, I'm Dava Mills, The Rebellious Recruiter. Today, I'm going to talk about the powers of observation and how people's neurological differences can actually be deployed as your secret weapon. Doing this by reflecting on my child's neurological difference. Today is about training, mentoring, and putting the pieces of your team together as you grow. So pull up a seat. Let's chat. like half of America has a neurological difference these days. I'm one of those people. My daughter is one of those people. My family is filled with those people. And companies I've worked for have plenty of people with their own unique differences. Plus, we have the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. That requires most employers to accommodate people who have differences within their capabilities. So side note, Do you know there's a comprehensive resource for employers when you're working with people who have disabilities? There is, and it's magnificent. It's called askjan.org, A-S-K-J-A-N.org. It stands for the Job Accommodation Network. A VP and mentor of mine first turned me on to this website when I was assigned the task of accommodating a service dog. During my research, I discovered that accommodating a dog is fairly easy. Accommodating employees with dog allergies is a little more complicated. And these are considered to be two separate accommodations. In the laws of ADA, one accommodation does not cause another one to exist. It seems a little weird to me as I did the research and spoke with a couple of experts, but I rolled with it. The important part was, at the end of the day, we successfully accommodated dog, and we successfully accommodated people who had dog allergies, and everybody was happy and proficient. So back to my child's brain. I'm going to draw a metaphor at the end of this story, so hang in there. When my daughter went to kinder, first grade, and second grade at our neighborhood school, it was a bad fit all the way around. From her kinder class with no less than three chair throwers, which was caused by the fact that the school didn't evaluate the kiddos before the school year started. They've since implemented a process to evaluate the kids and create classes to not have this type of concentrated issue. On top of that, she was bullied mercilessly. Once, she was hit over the head with a snowball so hard it knocked her dizzy. The school didn't even call us when that happened. She was bullied in her after-school program as well. You name it. So we were lucky that there was an opening in our local charter school. And in third grade, we moved her over there. We noticed about halfway through the year, she was finally making friends. And we were relieved. We watched, though, as other behaviors didn't go away. So we took her to the doctor, and she was diagnosed with inattentive ADHD. Over the next year, we tried three different medications— One somewhat worked, but she lost a lot of weight. My kid is already a string bean, so this is not ideal for us. The other two didn't work at all. 
We went through fourth grade largely without medication and largely fighting with her to get her homework done. And then COVID hit. I was able to observe and watch as she was doing distance learning, and she was clearly not capable of doing a lot of the work. So we went through the summer, and then we created a plan to get a tutor. But with the whole COVID and distance learning, we weren't able to get a tutor. I couldn't get anybody to call me back at the start of the school year. And about six weeks in, she was over 30 assignments behind. It was painful to watch. She wasn't paying attention. I had to prod her to grab a pencil and take notes. You name it. Plus, I'm working full time. So her father and I spoke about it, and I had been very aware of a revolutionary type of evaluation pioneered by Dr. Daniel Amen. Now, we had held off on this when she was younger because it involves an IV and a brain scan. Well, faced with the fact that I could clearly see my child was not learning, I called the closest clinic. And that was three hours away. And then we started the process. This is when you know it's meant to be. Five minutes after setting up the appointments, they called back with a cancellation. But that cancellation was within five business days. You guys, I'm so glad we did this. We went through two brain scans, both using a type of radioactive marker. One marker was the result of her brain under concentration, and the other was her brain at rest. A couple days later, we had a follow-up with a psychiatrist that was trained in reading brain scans, as well as working with behavioral issues. We got on our Zoom call, and he shows us a brain scan of a typical adolescent female under concentration. And then he showed us the pictures of our daughter's brain at rest and at concentration. She didn't have a typical ADHD response. Remember, she had been diagnosed as inattentive ADHD. And that type of ADHD, as the Amen Clinic scans would normally show, there's normal brain activity at rest, but under concentration, the blood flow actually stunts, which is why kids seek activity when concentrating. It's how they get blood going through their brain so they can concentrate. My kid's brain didn't look like that at all. First, her at-rest brain was easily 10 times more active than a typical adolescent female under concentration. And that is not the exaggeration. It was probably more like 20 times. It was crazy. And then under concentration, it doubled on itself. We've always noticed that she was dramatic and she had big emotions. Besides the fact that this is my child, she never seems to be able to shut down her emotions. And that's because her executive function, while active, was not as active as other kids her age. Basically, my kid feels things way more intensely than most people do. And she's not able to use logic when most of those emotions flare up. They call this subtype of ADHD the ring of fire. The psychiatrist then told us that traditional ADHD meds are not what she needs. We spent the next hour going over a different nutritional protocol one that actually included a lot of low glycemic carbs to help her produce serotonin, appropriate vitamins, medication, and two types of therapy I'd never heard of. We were told to keep her in dance, and if she wants to, let her learn to play drums. So now skip ahead a month. We've implemented the low glycemic carbs, the vitamins, and the medication. We kept up dance, and we're experimenting with drums right now. We're going to start therapy after Christmas, 
But the results so far, they've been eye-opening. My child, she's still my child. Sarcastic, witty, somewhat inappropriate jokes, busting ballet moves in the middle of the kitchen, and flying off the handle over silly things. But you know what? School work is getting done. She's paying attention. She's taking notes. She's engaging more. She's not daydreaming. She's doing her homework quickly. And she's actually sleeping on a more regular basis. I didn't bring it up earlier in the podcast, but prior to this, she was sleeping about three hours a night because her brain was incapable of shutting down. So now when she has a meltdown, I can actually see how her brain works in my head. And I'm approaching her with more compassion. And my kid's ability to feel empathy, it's off the charts. She has huge feelings for everyone. So she responds when people are empathetic. From there, her emotions settle down enough for her executive function can actually take over. And then she can start using logic. So her secret weapon, the one that will set her apart, it's her empathy. We each have a secret weapon, a superpower. Mine is unabashed enthusiasm. I'm a cheerleader at heart. My child's, it will be her compassion. And when she finds herself employed when she's older, my hope is that her employer understands how to deploy that part of her and it pushes the company forward. So where's the metaphor? Well, first, when we hire people, we hire them blind and we don't know their past issues. We don't know what traumas they've experienced, and we can't separate their bad habits from bad management experiences. And if they have a brain that is not mainstream, we often just don't know that. Once we get past their traumas and they're becoming productive in their unique style, it really starts to show up. And it usually shows up in a way that doesn't work in the way that we expect. And then we spend a ton of capital trying to make them do things like we would. The reality is, is that all of our brains work differently. If you had a scan of each of your employees, you'd be able to see what skills light up. You see, when we looked at our daughter's brain scan, the psychiatrist pointed out where her empathy center is, and it was huge. And if you scanned your people, what area is huge in their brain? How does it benefit your business? If you were to look at askjan.org, what special things could you put into place to help someone? And if you did that, what might make them exceptional? What if we looked at supporting the nuance of our employees in a similar fashion to how we support our customers? So taking a page from my kid's brain, I'm doing my best to show more empathy. It's not a natural state for me. But her unique talents, they're only just developing. And I hope the world feels her special form of care and understanding as she grows up. I want my work community to understand each person's special brand of talent, skill, uniqueness. And I want it to continue to build our work environment. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. 
and thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.